Welcome to This Enduring Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. My name is Steve Rudd. I'm Nick Gunning, and we're following the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi to the Ewoks TV movies, the 80s cartoon, and beyond. We've been beyond the last couple of weeks, but we're yes. back with the Ewoks today. Reeling it back in. Reeling we are. In. Yep. <laughs> so today we're discussing the uh, Season 1, Episode 10, Wicket's Wagon, which originally aired... November 9th, 1985. 1985. Uh, today's episode was written by Paul Dini and directed by Ken Stevenson and Raymond DeFelice. This was in a compilation on VHS as Ewoks 3, Wicket the Hero, and on DVD as part of the Tales of the Endor Woods. And that's where I've seen it before as, as part of that compilation. It's really interesting how they tend to change the... I mean, they release it on Disney Plus as yeah. a show. Yeah. Right? But it's been previously released as different segments. As like little, like, VHS movies and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering why they chose to just release it in its air. It seems... I mean, I haven't been... i got to be honest. I haven't been following the release date. Right. But I'm just going to assume that they are releasing the show on the day in the order that they aired them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The the Disney Plus listing is the is the air date and okay. the the collections seem to be trying to put them together with like episodes because as we've discussed we're all over the map in what style the episodes are. So I yeah. think they probably play a little better as compilations just because okay, this is a whole like you know the the uh the Haunted Village collection is just all the Morag stuff together. And so, yeah. yes, that makes perfect sense. So I'm sure that's why they did it compilation-wise, because otherwise it would just be chaos. Well, VHS, too, is... Yeah, true. I mean, that's difficult, you know, mm -hmm. back then to just, mm -hmm. you know, you get a... What is it, six hours? Four to six hours, yeah. basically, was a VHS? Yeah. So putting them together thematically, I think, makes for a better package. So it was Made pretty it pretty smart of the, of the home video releases there. Yeah. Our featured cast member this week is Greg Swanson, who voices Weechi. He starred as Phil in the Bill Murray movie Meatballs. Did you watch Meatballs? I I think I did. Yeah. I, no, oh, I don't know. I, 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 maybe if I saw the cover, I'd remember, but I, I, off the top of my head, I'd have to just... It's set at a camp. No. Bill Murray is like a camp counselor at this camp. And oh, I may have actually seen that. I like it quite a bit. It's sort of more of a family movie than like a... Mm. It, it straddles kind of a weird line like that, but I haven't seen it in a long time, but I used to love it. Okay. So Greg Swanson was in that and tons of voice work, tons of voice work. Care Bears, yeah. of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, you know. Starcom, Police Academy, <laughs> the series, the new Archies, animated Elf. I feel like you name it, he did voice work in it. Nice. And he plays Weechi here today. I picked an episode that actually has Weechi in it for that one yeah. to be relevant. So I just love his voice, man. He I know. Weechi. Yeah. That voice. Like, come on, yeah. guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's easily a four-pack-a-day smoker, you know. <laughs> no question. No question. He's rolling up Ewok leaves and just sucking them down. Well, you know, at the start of the episode, he's the one complaining about, you know, having to go search for gum fruit. Exactly. Plum fruit in the rain. I'm sure yeah. he's hung over. He, you know, <laughs> he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the lung capacity to be walking that much. <laughs> <laughs> Easily four packs a day. Yeah, for Easy. sure. For yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Okay. Or pipe. For, yeah. You know, I don't know. What, oh, that's that true. He can have pipes. like a little pipe. Yeah. Like 14 pipes a day. I guess so. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Just pounding that yeah. know, tobacco. Literally, so. yeah. All right. Season 1, Episode 10, Wicket's Wagon. 
Searching for glum fruit in a storm, Wicket, Weechie, and Willie stumble upon an old and decaying Ewok battle wagon. This cart was constructed by Wicket's great-grandfather and led to the final defeat of the Dulocs in a great war for the Soul Trees long ago. Inspired by his great-grandfather, Wicket plans to repair the wagon. The rest of the group just wants to play with it. The Dulocs catch wind of the Ewok plan and send the shaman to investigate, but instead he accompanies Urga, the chieftain's wife, to visit the Oracle, who is also Uncle Murgoob, to find out what's going on. <laughs> Uncle Murgoob. Murgoob, yeah. It was, <laughs> Murgoob gives them a first-hand account of the terrible battle wagon. The shaman suggests the Dulocs get their hands on it. If so, they would rule the forest. Sure. The Dulocs secretly wait for the Ewoks to finish the battle wagon and move out to claim it while Wicket is asleep inside. He manages to narrowly escape and warn the rest of the village. Chief Chirpa doubts the Dulocs are smart enough to use it, if it works at all, because only Wicket and Milani repaired it. Milani is the little one that has a crush on Wicket. Yes. If you, for anyone. Coincidentally, the Dulocs accidentally run the wagon into the river. <laughs> Frustrated about losing his cart, Wicket wanders over to his great-grandfather's soul tree and empties his feelings. Suddenly, his great-grandfather's spirit appears and speaks to him. He encourages him to work hard despite being laughed at and to never quit once putting his mind to something. Wicket sets out alone to take back his wagon. Back at the Dulock camp, the battle wagon has been recovered unharmed from the river. Murgoob instructs the shaman that the way to hurt an Ewok is to destroy their soul tree. Wicket overhears this and comes up with a crafty plan of his own. Since Murgoob... The Oracle hasn't been seen in 600 seasons. He disguises himself and impersonates Murgoob. Wicket tricks the Dulocs into testing the wagon, which causes it to crash into the river once again, this time with everyone on it. <laughs> the real Murgoob appears and catches Wicket green-handed. Uh, I see what you did. I see what you did. There you go. He's green-handed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Recovering the wagon once again, and now with Wicket imprisoned inside, the Dulocs set out for the Soul Tree and ram an Ewok picnic along the way in order to display the wagon's power. The Ewoks, in force, meet the Dulocs and demand they stand down and return Wicket. The Dulocs charge the Ewoks and successfully break through their blockade and head for the Soul Trees. Milani pursues the wagon on Bega and rescues Wicket. The two of them manage to incapacitate the entire Duloc war party. In a last-ditch effort, Wicket threatens to destroy his own wagon. Gorniche, the chieftain, believes Wicket is bluffing when he attempts to remove the main support peg to the battle wagon. Sacrificing all his hard work, Wicket removes it and the wagon falls apart before it can crash into his great-grandfather's soul tree. As thank you to Wicket for displaying his courage and vision, the Ewok tribe fixes the wagon good as new. Wicket is thankful to Chief Chirpa and jokes about following his vision while he winks at his grandfather's spirit. This Roll is, uh, credits. This is quite a change to the Ewok mythology now that they can commune with the dead. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Okay. I like this episode. I like I it like too. This is an Ewok episode. I agree. But there were so many things that deviated from the norm. Like, there's uh, no norm. There's no norm in this show. <laughs> don't don't give it that credit. There's no norm. Well, I mean, it's like now I don't even know what's the soul tree. Is are the soul is the soul tree a tree or soul tree trees? Like, yeah, I know. I kind of thought the same thing. 
Yeah. Like, can't. You know, because we had that episode a while back where there was the soul tree. Remember? One. They, they crossed that yeah. one. Yeah. One special yeah. The soul, soul tree. tree yeah. That they needed to go sprinkle some stuff, right? They just yeah. sent the kids to go do it. To do it. Ewoks. To save the souls <laughs> of all the Ewoks. Save, yeah. save the entire planet, right. literally. Yes. <laughs> so, so I guess there's like the great soul tree. And yeah. then there's minor soul trees. I guess so. Sure. Which, I mean, and then you got, you know, the only way to harm an Ewok is to kill its soul tree, but it's like, it's already dead. Right. So like, you're not going to you're not going to hurt Wicket if you right. destroy his great grandmother. So it was like so right. much mythology in this. I was like, yeah. nice try, but yeah. like, <laughs> it just doesn't work. No, it doesn't. It doesn't when you like pick it apart, but I, I agree with what you're saying. Like the episode yeah. as a whole did feel like an actual like cartoon episode of a show yeah. that a child would potentially watch. Yeah, you know? we got the we got the ingenuity. I mean, it just proves yep. that that Wicket it has the smarts and ingenuity to yeah. be able to rebuild a battle wagon that all it just seems to do is just collide. I, mean, I know, yeah. That, like, there is that like ram on there, the swinging yeah, ram yeah. you can see, but like literally that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I like finally we're getting an episode that has to do with a character who has a motivation. Like a normal person's motivation, right? right? Of like, course, oh, this yeah. This is my great grandfather's. I want to restore it, just like any, you know, young kid or, you know, young adult with a car. Like, oh, this was my grandfather's or my father's, you know, old Mustang. I want to restore it. Yep. You know, so it, to me, it was like, oh, this makes sense. Yep. It really makes sense. I, I agree. Just left that. <laughs> I agree. Well, going back to the compilation, the this was followed on the compilation by Tree of Light, which happened a lot earlier. That's the one where they go and try to save the Tree of Light. And so it kind of, when you think so about it, yeah. <laughs> when you think about it in that order, it's like, okay, on this small scale, we're going to work on this soul tree. And then to sort of raise the stakes higher, they now have to go do the tree of life, which covers the whole planet. So I think that's a clever way to put these episodes in a compilation. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Okay. So that makes sense. Because so it feels, like an, es- life, it feels yeah. like an escalation rather than it just does. like, here's <laughs> another tree situation, you know? There's just so many episodes in between trees that I'm like, wait a minute, is the soul tree tree? I, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Every time. I know. Yeah. Well, there's that first episode, right, with the fire, and it's like, oh, no, the soul trees. And you're yeah. like, yep. oh, so yep. there's trees. And then literally the next episode or two episodes late, three, it's like the tree of life. It's just one tree. So you're like, oh, okay, it's just yep. one tree. And then five episodes later, it's a bunch of trees again. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Now that we yeah. Know cleared that up no but i thought it was i thought it was fun like it it is a lot of mythology that sort of drops Mm -hmm. out of nowhere but i kind of liked digging into the past a little bit i kind of liked seeing like the bad blood between the ewoks and the dulocs from like you know many life cycles ago and all that i i felt like it worked in ways that a lot of the episodes haven't so you know i felt good about this overall yeah so i mean it also gives us an, an understanding or at least a perspective on how old the Dulocs are. True. Right? I mean, yeah. I, I would, ast- I, when I saw this, I assumed since Murgoob went into <laughs> hiding for 600 Murgoob. Yeah. yeah. For, first of all, he says Uncle Murgoob. Yes. So, so I'm like, okay, he's his uncle. And if his uncle's been in there for 600 seasons, I don't know how much, how long a Good year point. is on I know. Uh, Endor, yeah. but if I do it in, in uh, human years that's a long that's so it's a long it's a longevity it's a long time yeah, so for sure so now we know how old the dulocs are and we also know that they that some of them who are alive probably were at that battle yeah right? i mean you have to then ex- assume that Logre was 
you know, Chief Chirpa probably was, you know, things. Oh, Chief Chirpa was young, mm-hmm. right? Because he's about, fa- he's a fatherly age. Logre is like a grandfatherly age. Yeah. So Logre probably saw it. Or no, we know that Logre was a warrior, right? Against, right. um, um, Morag? Uh, Morag? Morag, yes, yeah. yes, Morag. Yeah. So, yeah, so so now we're getting into that, like, oh, cool, now there's another warrior, right? right. Like they, they have warrior heritage. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's what we wanted, right? That's what we've been asking yep. for. Like, g- give us the give us the characters. We want to learn about the characters. In for sure. In the episode, learn yeah. about the character. <laughs> yep, I agree. So, yeah, he's old. That's uh, crazy. I mean, he was there. He gave a first account, first-hand account of the, the battle cart. Yeah. I wonder why they went with the... Wicket's great great grandfather or whatever it was appearing to him. Mm-hmm. That was the real like out of left field for me. That's the thing I didn't really yeah. get why we were doing that. And he really didn't look like a warrior either. No, like that was the other. <laughs> they kind of just portrayed him as a decrepit right. old man. Yep. And so you know that's when I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. They're, that's what they're going with, you yeah, know? know. So yeah, that that was very sudden to me. Yeah, like, I agree. It would have made sense. I don't know. If it it would have made sense if there was like a, a voice that like he heard on the wind and he was yeah. like, oh, yeah, like, like, don't give up you yeah. know, or something like, <laughs> you know, like some, you know, whatever, like anything or like something falls out of the tree and he's like, oh, it's a sign that I should keep going. You yeah. know, like something that it's, I feel like yeah, that it was a little, it's kind of a step too far. It was just a little too much. It was too easy. I, th- I thought that was too easy. Like, yeah. Oh. They're just going to make him appear and he's going to tell yep. them what to do. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, we've already kind of covered it, but then how many yub nubs would you give? I, 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 I don't know. I really like this episode, but yeah. it still had its issue. I don't know. I'd give it like a 4.2. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm about in the same place. I, I was thinking between three and four. So I'm going to say, I'll say four even. I think this is okay, a better yeah. one in the series. I, I feel like if I was, if somebody was like, what episode should I watch? I would include this one and like, yeah, maybe give this mm-hmm. a whirl, you know? Yeah. It's, it's nice. I think if you're coming from return of the Jedi or whatever, if you have familiarity with the Ewoks, oh, yeah. because it focuses on wicked, it makes mm-hmm. wicked like a primary character. So yeah. I feel like that's a good one to come from somewhere else, which we haven't had in a while. No, it's been, it's been in the episodes, but it's been like, it's been a minute. He's been the little brother character. Exactly. In all the episodes, exactly. You know? yeah. I mean, the episode with the most stakes in it, which was the tree of life. He wasn't even allowed to come. Right. He wasn't even allowed to go. <laughs> yeah, he, so he got benched. Like, he got, got benched for sure. Benched. For sure. So it's just like, you know, they were kind of like, ah, oh, okay, I guess yeah. we're watching an episode about Weechi and Willie. Apparently. And Paplu and, you know, or not Paplu, or I don't know. The, the older ones, you yeah. know, basically. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, this was the episode I feel like we had asked for. and it, That's true. Because we were, you know, because it kind of hits all those points. But it does seem like even though this is, it, it seems like it's not a standalone episode, right? Because you have it, you could, we, I mean, we, we identified it already. What was the stuff that, that stood out Yeah, was the whole mythology, yeah. which was weird. It almost seemed like, okay, we kind of needed a backstory on that. So the story itself didn't even need any of that, you know, any of the mythology or the spirits or anything like that. Didn't need it. Like he could have just, he could have just sat down with Milani you know, or wherever, and she would have been, you know, she could have said something, or some other Ewok could have said something, or Logre, you know, why would you give up? Blah, 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 go yeah. ahead and do what you want, you know, like, things like that. Like, it could have just been anybody else. Yeah. It would have been fine. No, you, I think you're right, but I guess the part of that that I did like, even though I wasn't really down with the ghost, I kind of liked that it was just a kind of essentially wicked on his own, connecting yeah. with somebody. He wasn't, like, going to 
you know, an elder or somebody regular. So I did, I kind of liked that, but it's just weird because we haven't really done that kind of thing before. So yeah, that, was, that seems to be Paul Dini's habit, though. I guess to, like, so. Make an episode that, I mean, he's connecting them. Now you see that there's like, those are those aspects where you're like, oh, there's got to be connections now. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're going to watch another episode where something like that's going to happen. And it's going to make sense now because we saw this episode. Yeah. You know, but if standalone, yeah, you're kind of like, oh, that really, I mean, he could have sat down on a stump and talked to Bega and Bega would have been like, yeah. you know, and he would have been like, yeah, you're right. And he just convinced himself, you know, <laughs> right, like, right. It could have been something, I mean, that's happened in shows, yeah. right? Where somebody talks to like a cow and they're like, yeah. did I do this? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. I should. Yeah, true. And you're it right. would have been fine, you know? You're right. So. Well, so tell me, tell me, because we both kind of like this episode, what, what's your Ichiwawa moment? I think the Ichiwawa moment that I first was like, whoa, okay, that's cool, was that Wicket's great-grandfather was influential in a, in a war. Yeah, that's kind of, that's a fun, yeah. Yeah, I was like, whoa, okay, all right. And then it got a little, we got a little bit of backstory on it that like, the Dulocs aren't just worthless, you know, you know, sub character that they're actually at one point was a great war. So they fought with each other. Right. You know? So, yeah, I don't know. For me, that was like my, Oh, okay. That's okay. kind of cool. All right. Yeah, All right. Great All right. war. Great grandfather. Mm-hmm. Nice. What about you? I, I mean, I liked this. I liked all the wagon stuff, finding it and fixing it. But I thought the clever thing they did was when it was barreling down towards the soul tree and wicket, like pulled the right pin to kind of yep. break the whole thing. Like I thought that was a big sacrifice and also a clever thing to do in that moment. So I'm going to give it to that. Yeah, for me that was that's why I wrote that part in there. I gave yeah. it like 3 sentences because it was pretty significant to the yeah, plot line uh, as far as like you know, I mean, what did his what did his great grand- grandfather say? Something about like you know, like don't quit once put your mind to something. You know, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and then he had to gen- then just destroy it. Right. So he put his mind to something, didn't quit, finished it, and then destroyed it. Exactly. And that's pretty significant. It's I think true. That's yeah. a good Ichiwawa moment because it really brings it full circle. Yeah. Right. You know, and then <clears throat> at the time, only Wicket thought it was important. Right? Uh-huh. Nobody else wanted to build with him, and then everyone else was like. <laughs> Oh, the Dulocs have it? Yeah. They don't even know how to use it, and you built it, so it probably won't even work anyway. Right. You know, right? So then at the end of the episode, everyone was like, okay, it does have a significance. Let's rebuild it yeah. for Wicket. So, so yeah, that's a good, that's a really good uh, Ichiwawa, Ichiwawa moment. What about your Okavark moment? <laughs> I think it's just the ghost. I mean, yeah. I liked the flashbacks. I liked hearing about that character. Didn't need to see it. Didn't need to see it so overt. Yeah. Even if maybe all we got was in the last scene where you see the ghost like kind of with his hand on Wicket's shoulder and they don't interact, like maybe that would have been cool. I just felt like it was too much ghost. Yeah. I think for me it was that too, but it was like a good like the very first one I thought of in the episode was the Murgoob character in general when they were like he hasn't been seen in 600 seasons yeah. I thought. Yeah, we're definitely going to see him then. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah. one of those things yeah. where like why even set that up when you know we're just... I mean, it could just be a dude in a hut that Mer-goob. no one's seen in a while, you know? Mergoob is coming, yeah. Mergoob. So, so yeah, like, definitely the ghost, though. That I was just like, oh. Yeah. Too easy. Too I guess, easy. I guess yeah. so the moral or the lesson here is maybe self-reliance or, like, trust your gut, so, kind or, of. Or don't give up. Yeah. Or, you know, despite... Despite everyone laughing at you, you know, finish yeah, a project you know, follow that follow you your own north star to. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, just you know, like any. I mean, there's a there's a hundred stories out, 
movies and books that kind of run along that same thing about finishing what you started, yeah. you know? Yeah. So very classic. So yeah, I think that's the moral classic lesson, lesson there. there. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, Steve, let me ask you this. This is our first episode of the new year. Happy 2022 to you, my friend. So I'm wondering, was there any, like, what were your favorite Star Wars moments from 2021? So, I mean, obviously, the first one is starting this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, heck yeah, yeah, that's probably the most significant in the entire Star Wars universe (laughs) to to hit, hit, you know, certainly Ewok related. Yeah. (laughs) Worldwide. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, we were talking about this before the show about, you know, like the games and stuff. But for me, like Star Wars Squadrons, uh, and I don't know about our listeners out there, anyone, or if you remember yourself, but you remember the old X-Wing games? Yeah. X-Wing, X-Wing, or TIE Fighter, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, like Mm -hmm. all those flying games that we played on like Windows 95, possibly DOS, too. I can't even remember if it was even before Windows 95. Oh, yeah. I think it was Windows 95. But yeah, like though it had to have been DOS, right? I mean, probably it was old. So this game for me was like a major, like ah, oh, this feels so like it, like whatever you call that when it's just like st- like recalling all those memories yeah. of being a kid playing these games. I'm like I'm loading in as an adult and I feel like a kid playing this game. That's cool. So that that was a, that was pretty significant for me. Uh, I haven't I started. I haven't played Squadrons. Like I, I always want to, but I haven't done it. Uh, mm-hmm. What I one thing that I got for Christmas in Christmas of twenty twenty was Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, how'd you like how'd you like that? I only started it, so don't uh, don't don't. Oh sure, for okay, me, but, uh, okay. I liked it quite a bit. I started. Mm-hmm. Um, it started a little uh, slow for me. Like there were some things about it that I felt like felt a little dated. Like some of the textures in the levels and stuff. It it was hard to yeah. tell. Like is this a handhold? Is this something I can catch or grab onto? Um, yeah. And it would be like, oh, okay, apparently not. So there's some chunkiness there. But yeah. once I really got into the game, um, I liked it a lot. I think the overall playing experience is a lot of fun. But I think some of the texture issues, and I think the fact that you continually go back to the same planets is a gets a little repetitive here and there but overall i thought it was a lot of fun i really did enjoy it there was a bunch of times that i would jump and be like oh i guess i can't uh it's not a wall like yes i know you know i know die and i'm like yeah you know (laughs) yeah so many times happen but that's you know that's what those games like there i mean there were times where i got stuck and like it, 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 where it all depended on how or where the camera angle was to be able to see where I needed to go. And I'm like, oh, there was like no indication that I needed yeah. to go up there until I it's like true. spun the camera around. And I was like, oh shoot, there's a whole like little platform up there that I need to it's get. It's definitely to, you know? a game that takes a lot of trial and error. And I think some of that is just a is a there's there's a, a, some design aspects that I think are a little bit dated. Yeah. Uh, but but overall, I don't think it really affects the gameplay because I really did have a good time with it, and I'm ready for a sequel. Oh yeah, I mean, I spent. I mean, me personally, I spent forever on the the planet with the spire. Yes, where you had to like jump through the fans. Yeah, I spent forever there, yeah. and, I, and I didn't want to look it up because I refused to accept that this is a puzzle RPG. Yeah, and then I finally had to look it up, and it was like something so dumb. That yeah. was where I was just like, oh, that's what I need to do. Yeah, like, I stood there like a hundred times, you know. So it was like one of those things where I was just like, "Yeah, oh, it has its it has know? its moments." Yeah, but it's a puzzle RPG, and I wanted it to be like like the original Fable, right? Where you mm-hmm. just run around and you can go places, like an action RPG. I was 
I was just coming off of the Uncharted series from uh, on PlayStation. Yeah. And there are some similarities there in, in some of the design, and I think maybe it suffered a little bit from the comparisons there. Mm. But it's sounding like I'm saying it's a negative, but I do, I do recommend the game. Yeah, I think it's, it is I good. I think it's fun. It is I think very it's good. Fun. The sound, the, the, vi- the, um, the lightsaber visuals yeah. is really good. It's got it's a great... Really, really good. It's, it's got a prequel graphic novel, which is decent, and I also really like the score. Like, listening to the music is mm. pretty good, too. Pretty cool stuff. Um, I discovered The Mandalorian, because we didn't have Disney Plus when the first season dropped, oh. so I kind of, like, pounded through the whole Mandalorian. You got one and In two, 2021, right? yeah. And, I, well, I mean, I loved it. So that's not breaking any yeah. new ground to say The Mandalorian's great, but, uh, <laughs> but I yeah. really liked it in a way I hadn't liked to Star Wars things in a while. But um, yeah. I was a big Star Wars Rebels fan. Like, that was kind of more so than Clone Wars or any of the other mm-hmm. things that were coming out. Rebels was big for me. But um, I liked Mandalorian a lot. And, of course, some connections there between Mandalorian and, and Rebels also. Oh, yeah. What about you? What else you got? So uh, my next two are books. I finally okay. finished Tarkin. Right, yeah. I, had not, I haven't read that one. I haven't read that one. It's, it's okay. okay. I, you know, I think... When I finished it, I, I thought I would have much rather Timothy Zahn well, sure. write yeah. the Tarkin book and then Luceno have him write all the stuff on Thrawn, mm. right? Because I think I, I think I like the way Luceno writes, but he's very much more like in-your-mind type of writing. Yeah. His characters are in their heads a lot, and I think Zahn would have just been more of a cunning and devious Yeah. Uh, writer for that character for Tarkin and I wanted him to be that character I wanted him, Tarkin to, to be really evil yeah like really evil right you know? so and it's it, like they're it, making Thrawn Tarkin that's essentially what they're doing it might have been a good time to pass on the Thrawn character because I did read there's, he's got two new trilogies I read the first uh, and it just didn't do anything for Chaos me Chaos Rising I just did I not like I almost started it I almost started it. I foolishly opened Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six and read the oh. prologue, and I was like, "Ah, oh, crap! Now I'm sucked into this like Rainbow Six. 900 page book." Yeah, yeah, like, so, so I, I almost started uh, the, his the Ascendancy series. I actually just returned it the other day. I'd uh, gotten it from the library, and yeah. was like, "Well, I'm not going to read this. So <laughs> I might as well return it." Yeah, they didn't really do much for me, but book wise, I did find that I really liked. Uh, I'm not a big manga reader as a, as a rule. A lot of graphic novels, but um, mm-hmm. the manga format is not one that I've read a lot of. But there's been some really yeah. cool adaptations. So Claudia Gray has mm. some books, one called Lost Stars and one called Leia, Princess of Alderaan. And those were both adapted into mangas, and I really enjoyed those. And then okay. Rebels is currently being adapted in that, and I've read the first two volumes of that. So I would say, like, in Star Wars publications, I was a big fan of all the mangas that came out this year. Or last year, 2021. <laughs> 2020, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny, my uh, my daughter has been really... Speaking of mangas, right, I, I had gotten out of the library like all of the original comic books for Star Wars. Mm. Like There's there like a four graphic novel series of like A New Hope and then a four yeah. graphic novel series, like the really old... I mean, it's old. And I also got the Jedi Academy series, which is black and white. The little kid, okay. the, the little Star Wars Jedi Academy, you know, fan, the Phantom Bully. Yeah, I remember those. You know, like Attack of the Furball. Like uh-huh. these little, these little, I mean, they're not little. They're actually really long, but they're black and white. And Zoe, my seven-year-old, loves those. Wow, that's cool. Like, 
It, I mean, we'll have two. We have two of them right now. She'll have these two for months mm-hmm. before she's like, "All right, I'm ready for you know the next, the next book or the next two books or whatnot." She just loves them, and it's yeah. it's funny. Like she loves that black and white medium. I haven't read those those Star Wars ones that you're talking about, but I know mm-hmm. you know those seem to be a hit with the with the young crowd. They're for so. kids, yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. You know, they'd, they'd be good for for you guys, for your kids, but not for you. I don't yeah. think they're really that interesting. They're very well. Silly. So if you've got kids out there who are looking to get yeah. into Star Wars, maybe that's the way to do it. That and of course the Ewoks cartoon. You know, Absolutely, no, you know, and no the supplementary way. stuff is listening to us. Sure, sure, it makes sense. Yeah, you know, yeah, it all comes together. We'll, we'll help you out mm-hmm, with what you need. Mm-hmm. And next, we'll be helping you out through season one, episode eleven, the three Ooh. lessons. Ooh, so we'll see so, what we so learn. Hopefully, we'll be able to uh, extrapolate that there are three lessons. We'll see. We'll see if we can find them. Yep. <laughs> Watch, it's gonna be only two. Watch it. Yep, probably. All right. Well, happy New Year, my friend. We'll see you next time, everybody. Yes, happy New Year. See you next time. This Endorian Life was brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, radiomeanwhile.com. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Endorian Life. And please rate, subscribe, and share this show wherever you get your podcasts. 